Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast, episode number 21. I'm your host, Jennifer Jelliff Russell. On today's show, I'll be interviewing business and branding coach Yolanda Russell about her journey of going from an ICU nurse to building her own successful business and how she's branched out to create a new business around helping other women become successful entrepreneurs. In my personal update, I'll talk about some of the introspection that I've had after watching some of the highlights from the vice presidential debates. All right, on to my personal update. So I've been hard at work at knocking out the first draft of this new steamy romance that I've been writing. I actually still haven't decided on a name, but I'm getting there. Um, I'm shooting for about 50,000 words, but I think it's going to go over that since I'm coming up on that and I'm just not quite done. Along with that, I've been preparing to manage my small town's election since I'm the town clerk and registrar. I just got the absentee ballots and I have kind of been focused on getting those out to all the voters who requested one. Um, So I've just really been kind of keeping my head down, honestly, and just doing my clerk duties, even though they don't usually take up a ton of time uh, during elections, especially this one, (laughs) they, they definitely require a lot more work. So like I said, I've just kind of been keeping my head down, preparing for the election, and I really have been kind of trying to stay away from watching the news. I did, however, catch the highlights of the vice presidential debate. And, you know, while this is not a political show, I I did feel that it was really important to point out something that happened during that debate, which happens to all women. And even more specifically, it happens more often to women of color in the workplace. And that is the experience of being spoken over or being interrupted by men during a meeting or during a conference or just while talking at work. (laughs) I've definitely had that happen to me in meetings and I've seen it happen to other women as well. I really thought that Kamala Harris masterfully handled being interrupted when she calmly stated, I'm speaking, and then took back her time to make her point. I definitely realized that I'm not sure that I would be brave enough to do that. I tend to be someone who shies away from any kind of like conflict. It really just like makes me squirm, right? And I think a lot of women, or at least many of the women that I've known, in different places of work feel the same way about conflict. You know, we tend to shy away from it. While I I don't have any issues rising to the occasion to defend somebody else, I definitely struggled to defend my own right to speak up in a meeting. When I tried to imagine myself saying the same thing that Kamala Harris did to tell someone, you know, just to say I'm speaking right now, I get that like squirmy feeling that I'm in the wrong. So I was kind of like, what's up with that? Like really like thinking about it, I dug into it a little bit more and realized that it kind of stems from being a people pleaser. People pleasers, we want people to like us. So if I cut someone else off in a meeting after they've interrupted me, they might think that I'm hostile or not, you know, quote unquote, being nice. And then I realized, why do I care if they think that I'm being nice? Do I care if they aren't nice? Because I got to tell you, cutting me off when I'm speaking is not a nice thing to do. So why do I have to play the nice game when they aren't? I've really kind of had to reframe my way of thinking when it comes to retaining my right to speak up in a meeting. You know, firstly, by recognizing that I do have the right to speak up and voice my ideas. And secondly, that I have the right to the same uninterrupted speaking time as any man in the room. So by viewing it this way, it feels a lot less like conflict to tell someone I'm speaking in order to finish a point and really more just a reminder that it's still your turn to talk. 
Okay, I'll get off my soapbox on this, but I just really wanted to share that it was a really interesting and kind of introspective moment for me to hear Kamala Harris regain her right to finish her point on the debate stage. And if you feel that it's too political of me to say that a woman should have equal time speaking as a man, then this probably is not the podcast for you. All right, on to my interview with the awesome Yolanda Russell. Today, I'm speaking with business and branding coach Yolanda Russell. Yolanda was previously an ICU registered nurse with a side hustle selling superfood shakes and workouts for a fitness company. Today, we'll be talking about how she went from that to building her own breakthrough and brand accelerator program, which focuses on helping women achieve their own business dreams. Welcome to the show, Yolanda. Hey, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm super excited because we have the same last name and it's spelled the same. That's right. I know. I was like, oh, yeah, Russell. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. So I have to tell you, I've been binging your podcast. We were just chatting a second ago about that. So I'm super stoked to hear more about how you've really gotten into it. So before we get into that, though, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I actually feel like I'm this boring person. But we'll make it interesting. So (laughs) as Jennifer mentioned, I'm Yolanda Russell. I'll be 36 next month, which is... I just turned 36. All right. Oh, yay. We have so much in common. Uh, (laughs) It it feels weird to be 36 or to say 36, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when... I can feel like I remember just turning 21 and feeling like that was so old. But I am an East Coaster. I'm from Maryland. I now live in Austin, Texas with my fiance, who's 14 years older than I am. So that's a little fun fact. And I am governed and bossed by a nine pound Catan. His name is Ralphie and we call him the boss. And I am a stepmom to two teen, well, no, one's 20, one's 17 kind of have some inherited children and I am just an easygoing, wild, crazy spirit, which is one of the things that actually led me into entrepreneurship. Nice. Let's talk about that a little bit because you went from being an RN, which is not necessarily wild and crazy, right? (laughs) I mean, I guess it can get crazy hectic, right? Mm -hmm. Because you were in an ICU to running your own business. So what was was actually the catalyst that made you step away from nursing and kind of leap into the self-employment world? Sure. Well, it's so crazy. I'm a bit into spirituality and just life being, not really religious. And nursing is actually a second career for me. And I've always known that it's in my bones. I'm supposed to help people. I've always known that. And I have a degree in biology and spent time in a job very unfulfilled because it had nothing to do with helping people the way that I wanted to. And I went back to school, got my nursing degree, and then ended up at the time I had a boyfriend that was in the Navy. And he was like, hey, I'm moving to San Antonio. You should come with me. And I kind of was like, okay, let's go. You know, the free spirit mentality. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, packed up, moved, started my first job as a nurse out here in San Antonio and experienced some burnout, but didn't understand what that was because I Mm -hmm. thought burnout only happened to shitty nurses, to be quite frank. And it was something I didn't know how to vocalize it or say that to people. So me and that boyfriend actually went through a breakup and I started, I was just kind of reckless and was going on all these online dates and just doing a bunch of crazy stuff. And then I had transitioned from a medical surgical nurse to an ICU nurse. And there was a night, I'll never forget this day in my life, even when I'm the old weird lady and the, you know, old people home. Um, (laughs) But I was taking care of a patient that was dying from AIDS and I was exposed to their bodily fluids. Mm. And in that moment, 
my life stopped. And it was this come to of, is this really worth it? And do you love this enough for it to change your entire life? And the answer was no, but I didn't know anything else. And so I had to take all these medications to make sure that I wouldn't contract HIV. And during that time, I just made a decision, I'm going to get healthy. And I cut down my drinking, started working out. And I was sharing my fitness journey online. And these people would slide into my DMs all the time and be like, you should join my team. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you're weird. And little did I know, <laughs> you know, it's a network marketing company. And uh. I ended up connecting with this other nurse and she was doing it. She was going on these trips and she was making extra money. And I was really intrigued. And I just was at this point in my life where what do I have to lose? I don't know what's going to happen with my health. And I'm completely healthy today, which I'm so grateful for. But I jumped into this network marketing business headfirst and had some success in it. But I do think that there was this, this doesn't feel right. Why do I have to recruit people to do what I'm doing in order to be successful in this? And there was a moment where I just had another kind of come to moment and I decided I'm going to make this thing my own. And I created the brand, The Kind of Fit Chick. And what I really understood was it wasn't necessarily the shakes and the workouts that I was selling. It was myself. And when I figured out that I could make money just being myself, I started a t-shirt shop and I would put my Yolanda-isms on t-shirts. And the first weekend that the shop launched, I sold, well, I retailed $1,200 in tees and tank tops. What? And That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, right? So I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I don't have to sell these shakes and workouts, but that was the box that I had trapped myself into. Mm. And I ended up still plugging away at that for some years and had some success in it, but had this nag that there was more that was bigger for me and ended up sinking $5,000 into a business coach, which was super scary, but did that and learned how to essentially create my own program, which has evolved. And I feel like things are forever evolving. But yeah, that's that's kind of the short and dirty of how I've gotten here. Long story short, I guess. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. Yeah. I, I love the name kind of fit chick. I definitely saw that. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. That's awesome. Well, and it was funny because I had these like rock hard six pack abs at that time. <laughs> that's awesome. I have never had that, but, <laughs> but I like running. So, you know, that's kind okay. of sort of fit. Yeah. Um, and so is that actually still the kind of fit chick? Is that still around? Is that something people can check out still? No. So I went as far as trademarking that because I understood I was on to something. And yeah, I remember yeah. looking at my fiance being like, how much do you believe in the kind of fit chick? And he was like, 100%. This is a thing. You can do it. And I remember maxing out the last $500 on a credit card for LegalZoom to trademark it. And I was still trying to build that brand underneath and inside of that network marketing company. And eventually I just decided, okay, I'm fit. I know how to work out. And I started training for a marathon. And that pulled me out of having the ability to, you know how it is to run. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Have you done a marathon? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know how much training that takes. Oh my God. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, I didn't have time to pour into training for a marathon and then trying to do these workouts with this company and then sharing that online with everybody else. And I've just kind of let that go and it's still here. It's still a thing. I own it. So nobody can take it, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I was just going to say I would definitely buy a shirt that says kind of fit chick because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, but that makes sense that, you know, like, like you said, you, you kind of change your interests also change as well as you've had your business. So now you've shifted and you started the Breakthrough and Brand Accelerator Program. Can you can you tell me a little bit about that and how that works? Yeah. So when I sunk that $5,000 into a business coach, business coaches typically tell you, you got to pick one type of person to work with. And I started with what I knew. Let me help nurses. And the original program was actually called breakthrough burnout method. And I was helping tired nurses get their energy back. And what I found was over the course of this 90-day program, by about 30 days, people started feeling better and they were more open to admitting their truths, just like I was, being really stuck. And a lot of them saying, I'm tired of being a nurse. Or, and this is right when COVID's kind of hitting too, which was just wild. Yeah. And then them really saying, there's something else I really want to do. And so what I started doing really naturally was helping them build their brands and put it out online. And the game changed when I had a nurse. I kind of just pushed and challenged her. She wants to be a coach. And I said, see if you can sign somebody up. And when she made money inside of my program, I understood, okay, wait a minute. This is way more than burnout. <laughs> And not for nothing, I have created a very successful brand. I can help other people do this. And so just through my own transformation, have I been helping other people do the very same thing? That's awesome. And so huge step then going from, you know, nursing and then going to the kind of fit chick and then now breakthrough and brand accelerator. When you were very first thinking about leaving nursing, did you have any like naysayers or negative Nancy's who were like, you're crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and if so, like, what did they say to you and how did you deal with them? Oh, absolutely. So I left nursing on accident. I went in a bathroom one day on a travel assignment, broke down and cried, called my mom, called my boyfriend at the time, now fiance, and I said, I can't do this anymore. And being a travel nurse, I had the ability just to take contracts. So I decided after this 13 weeks was done, I was just going to take off for a month. And that month became two months, became three months and it's been four years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I would say my, my pivot from nursing was definitely accidental. It was an accidental exit. It was not this strategically planned thing. But I do think that other people looked at it as, well, when are you going to go back? Or what are you going to do with your license? Especially mm. when I started toying around with the idea of, I don't really need a license. And sharing that on social media and people just not understanding and being like, well, you work so hard for that. And it's those kind of boxes, I think, that we put ourselves into because of society. And I love helping other people break out of those boxes and out of that mold of what it's supposed to look like. And what I've just have found is, the only opinion of me that actually matters is myself. And as long as I wake up every day and I'm happy and I feel like I'm personally growing and I'm contributing to the world in my own right, in my own way, that the naysayers don't matter at all. So I've learned to shut those off. And when you're people pleaser patty, that's definitely kind of a hard thing to do. But it's something I work on every day is just keeping the opinion of myself and my mission higher than anyone else's opinion of me. And I was listening to your podcast, and it sounds like you you did end up recently letting your license lapse, right? Yeah, so it's going to expire on October 31st on Halloween, which is actually going to be a full moon. I saw that. <laughs> of course. Why not 2020? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what else can we get? So I didn't want it just to expire, and mm -hmm. I wanted it to be 
a decision that I firmly made. And I went to the Board of Nursing for Texas and sent them my application to inactivate it and to inactivate it immediately. And to me, that looked better than it just expiring on its own, like, oh, she just didn't renew her license versus no, she made a decision to inactivate it. Yeah, I love that. I think that takes more control over Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Absolutely. What would you say, what was your biggest fear when you first started the kind of fit chick? Yeah, the fear of being accepted for who I was. And I know that sounds crazy because I'm very authentic. I'm very unfiltered. I'm very real. But if you go back to videos of me in 2016, when live video on Facebook just was starting to be a thing, Mm -hmm. it was this really muted version of myself. And I've gone through phases where I've tried to censor myself and Mm -hmm. please everyone else except for me. And it just comes back down to that whole embracing who I was and showing up unapologetically in who I am. And that, it repels people from me. Some people are not into it. I've had people message me and say, why do you cuss so much? And I kindly block them because the messaging just isn't for them. And it also attracts people towards me that are like, oh my gosh, you're the realest coach on social media. Thank you for keeping it real. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like their response is, fuck yeah, when they see that you're cursed. And yeah, like that makes more sense. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I I have people that are like, thank you for being you. And I just turn that around and I'm like, now go be yourself, you know? And I think that makes total sense. Uh, That's definitely something that I, you know, have struggled with is, you know, being authentic and Mm -hmm. just being myself and not, like you said, censoring, being afraid to curse. That's kind of just who I am. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think a lot of women struggle with that maybe just because of the pressures that society puts on us to be, I don't know, ladylike. Absolutely. And who's to say what a lady is? And even in some of my own marketing, I, I talk about women. And while I know that my ideal client is someone that identifies as a woman, I'm starting to pivot some of my marketing that is just helping you, the person. Mm. Because again, in my mind, I always have this ideal person, but why not be inclusive to someone that may be genetically a male, but identifies as a woman and including right. them into that too. Absolutely. That, that's also something I've been looking at, you know, mm-hmm. how, how to be more inclusive. Can you tell me a little bit more about how the BBA program actually works and who you end up typically working with right now? Yeah. So the program is currently 90 days, although I work with a lot of women that are coming into the program with ideas, or maybe they have launched their business very softly and they're struggling to get clients or how to communicate with clients. And then I'm even actually working with some network marketers that are like, fuck this shit. I know that I can do more than sell these shakes. And they're starting to pivot. Honestly, At the end of the day, Jennifer, what I feel like I help people do most while I give them the tactile things that they need, because yes, you do need to know how to do certain things. What I really feel like the program helps people do is learn to trust themselves and Mm -hmm. to build confidence within themselves. Because I say this all the time, and if you follow me on social media or you're in any of my programs or anything... I say what the foundation of a business actually is. The foundation of a business is a brand, but the foundation of a brand is yourself. And so the business 
only grows as fast as you're willing to grow, as fast as you're willing to get uncomfortable, to show up, to beat and fight through perfectionism and procrastination, which I let all my clients know that that's just the whole fear gremlin living underneath your bed. Nothing bad is going to happen if you don't have it all figured out, but you share it anyway. And so it really is just about getting people to trust while giving them what I like to call the five pillars that I walk them through, which is A, B, C, D, E, of being aligned, breaking through in their mindset, creating and developing insane amounts of clarity in what it is that they're offering, who they're speaking to, how they're showing up, and then delivering that. And then at the end, because I'm a nurse, I know anytime that you do anything, you've got to evaluate to make sure that what you've put into place is working out. So that's Mm. the five pillars of the Breakthrough and Brand Accelerator. Nice. Do most of your clients, when they come to you, are they towards the beginning of their you know, entrepreneurial endeavors? Or do you ever work with anybody who's kind of, they've started, but they may be stuck? Yeah. So it's both. It's both. Mm. And I I think where I'm starting to see with working with clients one-on-one, where Mm. I really like to work with people. So I've had people that have come in with zero social media and have been able to make $3,000 in less than 90 days, which I think is incredible. And then there are the people that they've been at it for a little bit, maybe a year, less than a year, and they are stuck. And it's, I can look at someone and I can say, oh my gosh, your personality is magnetizing. Let's figure this out because you have something and, you know, it's just this gut feeling of, yeah, that person can really do it. I think that anyone can build a business, but it's, are they, are they going to take the action to build and to do the things that they need to do? So it's a combination of both, but I do think that I am going to start being a little more selective as I am personally growing and evolving and honestly just building confidence in the program with the results that are coming out from it. So just to get some free advice, yay, mm-hmm. free advice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give to someone like me who you know has a podcast, several author platforms? So I have multiple websites and mm. multiple social media accounts. Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy vague and very general. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but what kind of advice would you give to someone who is dealing with that? Yeah. So what is your, your end goal? What is it that you're wanting to accomplish from it? I guess I have, so I have like my author websites. Mm-hmm. I have one that it's nonfiction, which goes kind of along with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have fiction, which is a totally separate persona, a different pen name and everything. And mm-hmm. so those each have their own social media accounts and oh, websites. That's a lot of work. <laughs> It is a little bit of work. It can be a little work. And sometimes there's some crossover of, because I'm still myself, even mm-hmm. with my pen name. There's definitely a lot of crossover sometimes um, with content, but but usually not. Yeah, I would, I would say which of those brands, because it seems like they're almost like these individual entities, mm-hmm. figuring out which one you want to give focus to first. Because sometimes when we're trying to do all the things at one time, it's this half acidness right. in all the other parts. And so that's, you know, if you, 90 days, we're going to pick one of those things in 90 days and figure out, okay, who's here? What is the audience? What is your goal? And then what is it that you want to deliver to those people so that you're speaking very specifically into them? Mm, that makes total sense. Could. I'm glad because... <laughs> That was on the spot. No, it does. Yeah, it was. She's awesome. Um, And so I really feel like there's like this myth out there that you need to have like a bachelor's degree or like an MBA to start your own business. What would your response be to that kind of thinking? Just because someone has a degree does not mean that they can build a business. And it's the same thing with my program. 
just because you give someone all the strategy doesn't mean that they can build a business if they don't have the mindset behind what it takes. So I think that everyone should start a business and just see what will happen. Yeah, (laughs) because some of the most successful people that we see online do not have business degrees. I have a degree in biology and a degree in nursing, but I'm figuring it out all because I trust myself to figure it out. And if anything, for the educated woman that may be listening to this, if you figured out how to sit through school for four years and get out and pay your bills and make money and all of these things, you can figure out how to build a business. It's just the belief within yourself. What would you say has been your biggest challenge in just starting your businesses? (laughs) Believing in myself? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, it's the belief in myself, but also holding very heavily onto the identity as a nurse and that that being this really defining characteristic. And like I mentioned, I'm 36 almost. I don't have children. So the way that society puts it and makes us feel, you know, depending on how you interpret that, it's like, okay, well, what do you do? Oh, you're just a nurse. You don't do anything else. And so letting that go of that title, that license, that notoriety, if you even want to call it that, but really letting that go and just understanding Yolanda, you get to define who you are. It's not a degree. It's not a title. It's not someone else's opinion. It's your opinion of you. And just learning to lean in and trust that has been a game changer. And I'll say it's something I struggle with every single day because business is self-development. It's a journey of self-growth and it takes work to grow. And this is why I think a lot of people won't start businesses because they're complacent. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's so much easier just to work for somebody else, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really have to want to be your own boss. Yeah. Because I can sit at home all day and do zero and not get in yep. trouble. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I did one social media thing. Yep. So that's my day. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things you talked about a little bit ago was, you know, you found that one of the reasons you became a nurse was because you felt that sort of call to service, right? To serve others, to help others. And now you're doing coaching, which is also an act of service. When you first started, did you find it difficult to charge people for those services? Because I, I know that there are definitely, especially for women, We have a lot of trouble charging people when we are also providing a service because it almost feels like, well, we should be giving this away for free because it's the nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah, totally was a struggle. And before I hired my business coach, I was still in this network marketing company. And actually, I still am because I passively make a couple hundred dollars every single week in there. I mean, why not then? (laughs) Exactly. So when I first decided that I was going to step up and be this coach, like a real coach, quote unquote, I didn't think that I could charge people for that, though I was doing it very organically inside of that network marketing business because they called us coaches, quote, but really essentially you're just pushing product. But I understood, hey, I really love coaching people. And so the way that I started to gain some confidence in what it was that I was doing and the messaging that I was putting out of really saying, hey, I'm Yolanda and I can offer you one-on-one personal growth coaching is what I called it in the beginning. But it was this getting on calls with people and doing it for free. And then I would do these calls, do them for free. They were anywhere from 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And then after that, I would send people these long detailed 
action plans. Hey, do this, do this, do that. And then people started to get results. And so as people were getting results, I was like, okay, people are getting results. People should be willing to pay for a result. Right. And I put it out there and I said, I'm going to take one client. And somebody DM'd me and she said, as soon as you put something together, I'll be your first client. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) And I remember typing up the PayPal and being like, what am I going to charge for this 30 days of one-on-one personal growth coaching? And I just came with this number 497 because if you pay attention, everything online always ends in 97. It's never 2000. It's always $1,997. So I pitched her the 497, sent her the PayPal. Immediately, I have 497 back in my account. And I said, okay. And what I found is that the more that I personally invest in myself, the more comfortable that I feel in putting a price on what it is that I'm doing to help someone else because I understand I'm not just asking you for money. I'm investing to grow myself, which ultimately is going to help you grow yourself. And somebody else puts a price tag on that, success leaves clues. I should be putting a price tag on that as well. Do you feel like you have any habits that have helped you to be successful in reaching your goals? This insane, weird feeling that, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Mm. And that's not really a habit, but it's a habitual thought. And the habitual thought is, I don't need to be further. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So that belief and waking up with that belief and some days having to shape it, I write on a piece of paper every single day, you know, affirmation to myself. But having that why and that belief behind what it is that I'm doing has helped me do those really uncomfortable things like go on a Facebook group and say, hey, guys, I want to be on somebody's podcast, you know, (laughs) and 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 it's just this belief that it not being about the fear of failing, Mm -hmm. but I've actually struggled with the fear of succeeding. Mm, Yes. Because what happens when somebody says yes and you get on a podcast and then it's kind of like, okay, spotlight on you, girl. Mm -hmm. Like, it's time to go. Um, (laughs) So habit-wise, outside of just having a belief in myself, the first pillar within my program is alignment and it all being about energy. Mm. And I have found that foundationally, when I'm taking care of myself, mind, body, spirit, I'm taking care of everybody else so much better. And that was something that I struggled with in nursing. I was taking care of everybody else except for myself. And that's many nurses. But when I'm off of my fitness game, everything else is a little bit off. So I will say that self-care But self-care going way deeper than it just being manicures, pedicures, or even working out. But it being about what do I wake up to work out on spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and all those aspects. And what do you feel is the biggest thing that you would have missed out on had you not started your BBA program? Oh, my gosh. Making a deeper impact. Mm. And understanding that coming back down to that, I've always known I'm supposed to help people. But it is so much more of a reward to help someone, one, that wants to be helped because our patients in the hospital, they don't actually always want to be helped. Yeah. But helping someone that really wants to be helped Mm -hmm. and then watching them grow and watching them step out onto their own levels of faith and belief. That's something that's so much bigger than I would have ever been able to do if I trapped myself in the box of being a nurse. Mm. What do you feel like sets you apart from like other marketing coaches out there? (laughs) Oh, I'm just real and unfiltered. And I don't (laughs) believe any of it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love taking people behind the scenes with me 
Because when I record a podcast and I can show the really successful woman on the other side of the phone Mm -hmm. that I'm sitting in a closet recording this, that it really takes out this level of mystery for people. Mm. And it becomes, well, Yolanda records it in the closet. And so many people just reach out and they say, thank you for just being you. Because I think that the perfect little boxes that we see on Instagram Mm -hmm. or the perfect photos that we see on Facebook that many people will just say, well, good for her, but I can't reach that level. I can't be at that level. And I think in just being myself and the fact that I will show up made up or show up not made up, Mm -hmm. it really has given other people this permission that they can be themselves. And Maybe it costs me money. You know, maybe I lose clients because someone is drawn into that shiny object, the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that that's something that many people online are secretly looking for, for somebody to get on a live video, for it not to be perfect, to show them my pit stains that I'm sweating every (laughs) time I'm live. And, And I think that it just gives people this sense of comfort that they're more than enough. Mm. So you're saying that I, I should probably start showing my sad little closet that I uh, do podcasts in. It's uh, all insulation. That's all you can see in it. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Try it out. Post it on your stories and be like BTS behind the scenes. And, and and just giving people that little taste that it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Hmm. It's a level of real. It's a level of authenticity that some people don't want to show but I think that when you are intentional about the rawness that you are showing that it definitely stands to help you connect with your audience even deeper yeah I do plan to do a special on it actually (laughs) called start where you are and Uh just talking about giving advice on you don't have to build a perfect studio to to do a podcast you don't have to wait until you have the perfect tools to do things absolutely I I use the same $42 mic that I bought when I started because I was like well I'm not gonna spend $200 I was gonna say it works right (laughs) yeah if I'm not serious about this and it still works it sounds to me better than the Yeti mics that some people use and I'm like it works for me (laughs) Mm -hmm, exactly so now, kind of based on your own experience, what advice would you give to listeners who are thinking about leaving a job to start their own company? I think a lot of people will want it to be super planned out. Mm-hmm. I've been really unconventional. So people will look at me and be like, oh my gosh, you're so successful. Da, 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 da. And what people don't know or what I actually have to remind them of is I sold my Lexus and I drained mm-hmm. out my 401k because I knew in my bones there was no way that I was going to go back to being a nurse. So mm-hmm. I was willing to play full out. And what I would say is you don't have to drain out your 401k or go broke or live on credit cards or anything like that. But the whole idea of starting where you are, I love that because start with what you have. Don't just be the absorber of the knowledge and the YouTube and the Google searches that you find. Take it and actually implement start where you are. And I think that many of us wait for it to be perfect and it to be wrapped up with this beautiful bow and it doesn't need to be that way. So if there's something on your heart, if you go to bed and you're thinking about this one thing all the time or in a black little notebook somewhere, you scratch down all your business ideas, start taking action because energetically, that first action step that you take is when the universe says, oh, she's really fucking serious. Let's go. And then all these things will start happening around you. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this incredible thing happened. I can't believe it. But instead of not believing it, you start saying, well, hell yeah, that happened because I am showing up. 
I like it. Mm-hmm. So I've mentioned a couple of times about your podcast because I, mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, and I, I found that by looking up your name, Yolanda Russell, um, but it is called Accelerate Your Brand and Breakthrough, right? Yes. Yep. And when we talk about starting where you are, the podcast has been renamed. That's the third name of the podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, as I was listening to some of, I was binging it. So as I was listening to some uh-huh. of the older episodes, I was like, oh, that's a different name. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and I think you changed <laughs> yep. your music too recently. Yep. Music, intros, outros, like, and that's one of the things when we come back to just trusting yourself. I think that I spent so long in nursing, not trusting the nag that, hey, this really isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then staying stuck in a network marketing business that now I'm like, I no longer allow myself to stay stuck for one year, two years. It's far too long. Time, like it's almost 2021. Like the year is flying by. Gosh, it is. <laughs> Which I'm ready for it to be 2021 after 2020, but it has <laughs> flowed by. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think life is short. Time is precious. It's the one thing that we're never, ever going to get back. And I've just learned to start making decisions way faster. And you make the decision. And so what? If you fail, there is actually no such thing as a failure. You learn a lesson. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I For folks who are afraid that they might change their mind, I kind of call that fear of deflation. <laughs> like basically that they're afraid that they'll do it and then they'll get bored with it. And so what's the point in trying? Oh. Um, so they just never do it. Yeah. That sounds very similar to kind of mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And so being willing, like knowing, you know what? It's okay to shift. Mm-hmm. And to pivot, and you've done it. You've done it three times with your podcast, which I think is awesome. Yeah, um, I've done it so, so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, I hope people will kind of push through that fear of deflation and and do what they want. Mm-hmm. Now, so no pressure here, but what uh, one piece of marketing or or brand building advice would you give to listeners who are in the process of launching a business, like like that they have a business or they're just toying with the idea? Um, Maybe that they have a a business idea and they're about to open the doors, so to speak, whether it's an online or an in-person business. So I would say the biggest thing that matters in building a business is being consistent. Mm. And even if you feel like your messaging is shifting and pivoting, don't be afraid of the pivot. To me, the pivot means you're gaining more clarity. It's not always a matter of being bored, especially when you're brand new, knowing that the person that we look at online that's been running a business for five years, there's a good chance that they've pivoted numerous times and we're not privy to that because we're looking at their year number five. So I would say figure out where you're going to have that consistency. Is that that you make a social media post every day? Is it that you show up on your stories and you learning to train your audience or your potential clients where you're going to be consistent? So even though I've pivoted, I've lost followers, my account used to have 11,000 people on there and I oh delete people all the time because <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Like the the metrics, those vanity metrics don't matter. What matters is your consistency and showing up with your messaging. And even if the messaging changes just for your audience or that potential client, knowing she's going to be here, that you're going to show up. Because to me, people buy energy anyway. So... <laughs> I am a firm believer that it's not always what you can promise someone that you're going to give them. It's them buying into trusting you, but most importantly, them trusting themselves. Where can people find you and your business online, Yolanda? Yeah, so my favorite place to hang out ever is on Instagram. And I love Reels. It's 
the version of TikTok. So I never really got into TikTok, but I love Instagram. I've always loved Instagram and I'm XO underscore Yolanda Russell. And you can find me there and you can check out my website, whyrussell.com. Somebody has YolandaRussell.com. <laughs> and somebody actually has my name on Instagram, but they have not posted it since 2015. And they only have like, You're like listen, posts. I need to buy your handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've thought about trademarking my name because if you trademark, then you can actually go to Instagram and they take the person's account away. Oh. Yeah. So there. And then you can find me on Apple, Spotify, or Google, either by just searching my name or searching Accelerate Your Brand and Breakthrough. I noticed on your website today, that you have a live masterclass. What are the dates for that? Yeah, so you did your research. I love it. I'm a, I want to join your live masterclass <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So the masterclasses are something that that's actually how I had my first $22,000 a month was I said, hey guys, I'm gonna teach you how to be confident with your branding and people joined it. And then I said, hey, I'm launching this program and I'm not gonna tell social media yet. And people signed up and couldn't wait. <laughs> Wow, Which that's just, awesome. Yeah, really crazy. But the masterclass is something that I do on and off around when I'm launching my program. But what I do think that I'm going to do is really hone in on one thing that people really love within the masterclass and do that the first and third week of every single month inside of my private Facebook community, which is all completely free to join. Awesome. And the Facebook community, is this just under your name, Yolanda Russell as well? or It's called Tribe Unfiltered for right now, but I think that I want to call it the Badass Boss Squad or Ooh. something. Like something Ooh. that just makes it like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. What we'll do is I'll add some links to the show notes and um, make sure that I get the the updated version of that Facebook group so that you guys can check it out because I know I'm going to be checking it out. So yay, I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Yolanda. Yeah, Jennifer, thank you so much for having me. And I wish I could see you like <laughs> I need to figure out how I can consume your energy because I do just feel like you have a great energy about yourself and you're an awesome interviewer. Oh, well, thank you. I have to say, speaking with Yolanda was just really invigorating. When we finished chatting, I just really wanted to jump into working on my own branding for both the podcast and for my author persona. As a solo entrepreneur, I think it's really easy to burn out or like spin your wheels when working on branding. And having that outside perspective or even a coach can be really amazingly helpful. They really help you to see things that you might not be seeing or see where you're spinning your wheels and kind of help point you in the right direction to kind of regain that traction again. There were definitely several points that Yolanda made that really like resonated with me after this interview. One of them was when she said that the foundation of a business is brand, but the foundation of a brand is you. And so the business only grows as fast as you're willing to grow. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, like get out your wallet and pour money into self-development, right? There are plenty of free articles and videos out there, webinars out there, tons of free content out there, which can help you with whatever your particular weakness is. What it does mean is that you have to be willing to recognize what your areas of weakness are. And then you have to be willing to do the work to get better at those things. Now, you could also pay someone to outsource, and we've talked about outsourcing before on this show. So you could pay someone to outsource those weaknesses to someone who is a whiz at that thing, right? And while that is investing in your company, 
It's not investing in your professional development. One of my major areas of weakness is creating videos, right? I don't love being in front of a camera. Like I think many of us don't love being in front of a camera. <laughs> I don't always know, you know, like what content is going to be the best for video. Since I've recognized this as a weakness, I've really been reading articles and watching videos and sitting in on a free webinars about it. And that's been really helpful. However, I still haven't taken the leap to create videos. And it's kind of like, why? Like what's going on there? Um, and honestly, it's because I'm chicken shit right? <laughs> and I don't have anyone pushing me to step outside my comfort zone to get me to get on camera. However, I know that if I invested in a course to get better at making video content, I would definitely start producing videos because A, I would feel more confident in my video creation skills right after taking the course. And B, if I didn't start making videos, I would feel like I wasted my money on that professional development, right? So it kind of helps to push me outside my comfort zone, knowing that I've invested money in something and I feel like I would have to actually move forward with that thing. Sometimes we need that outside push to step out of our comfort zones, quite honestly. And that, along with the knowledge, is what we're really paying for in a course. However, you could also pay for a course and then do nothing with that knowledge, right? And, you know, that's another thing that I wanted to kind of touch on that Yolanda spoke about. When I asked Yolanda about the myth that you have to have an MBA or a degree in business to, you know, start a company or start a business, Yolanda expressed that it doesn't matter what degrees you have. What matters is that you have the drive to start and keep at it with your business because you actually have to like want to run that business, right? Like that's a really big part of starting a business, not just because you have an idea, but because you want to see it succeed, that you want to work on it every day. Sometimes I think that people are looking for a sort of like turnkey plug and play business where all you have to do is start the company, you know, or business, and then it'll just run itself. And that's kind of a fairy tale, right? Like running a business takes time and effort. Even if you're, you know, looking at something that becomes more automated over time, like kind of what Tim Ferriss talks about in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, you've still got to put effort into starting up the business. And there are still going to be things that you need to do on a daily basis to keep it going. So first and foremost in starting something is that you've got to want to do it. You've got to want to do it day in and day out, right? But another key thing here is that it's also okay to change your mind. It's okay to recognize that this is not something that you want to do every day and maybe pivot to something that you do want to do. If you start a business and you realize, man, you know, like I really want to be doing this other thing or I want to shift and run my business a different way, most of the time you can do that. It's really not the end of the world to shift your focus. It's, it's okay to step away from something or shut something down that isn't working for you or that doesn't interest you anymore. Very much as Yolanda did with her kind of fit chick brand, right? She still owns it and she could always go back to it if she wanted to, but it wasn't what she was passionate about anymore, or at least at this point. And so she shifted to the thing that she really wanted to focus on, which was business and branding. So personally, for me, my biggest takeaway today has been that if I want my business or this podcast to grow, then I need to invest in my own professional development. Otherwise, I really won't get past the point where my knowledge or bravery in this case fails. So we'll see if I can follow through on that and uh, invest in becoming better at video creation. And maybe maybe there'll be some, some video content to go along with these podcasts or just standalone content with these solo episodes. So how about you listeners? What things do you feel that you need to invest some professional development time or money into? I'd love to hear about it. You can tweet me at GFO podcast and just let me know. I would love to hear what you guys are working on. 
All right, that is it for today. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode and that you enjoyed the interview with Yolanda as much as I did. Thanks for listening and tune in next week when I interview Sarah Duchovny about her journey of starting a business as an estate jewelry curator while continuing her career as an opera singer. Until next time, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own go find out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at GFO Podcast or follow me on Instagram at gofindoutpodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out. <laughs>